John chapter 1, starting with verse 9. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world made, was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. You may be seated. Thank you. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you as we come closer to celebrating that special day. You know, we, uh, you know, this time of year, a lot of times that day gets overshadowed. You know, we spend a lot of time prepping, we decorate stuff. We, uh, Emily and I actually didn't do that much decorating this year. We were a little busy. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I really do like seeing decorations around the house. Sometimes uh, we, we'll get in the car. We've done this before. You know, I'm sure you guys have done this before. And just go find a neighborhood where we know people uh, are loaded. And <laughs> we drive around their neighborhood and look at their Christmas lights, because, right, I mean, they usually have some pretty cool displays. And uh, we, we get caught up in the season, you know, we, we get caught up in the atmosphere. There's something different about this time of year, right? There's just something different about it. It's not like anything else. And uh, it's funny because, um, you know, around the springtime, we celebrate the resurrection, Right? We, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but it has a very different feel to it than Christmas time really does. And uh, there's something about the way it just grabs you, you know. And so we can get distracted, right? We can, we can focus a lot on some other things that maybe don't matter as much, or they matter, but for a time, you know, we, we can get distracted by our decorations or get distracted by our awesome Christmas cookies. We can get distracted by our 10,000 parties that we have to go to, right? There's the, there's the relative's party that you don't know that well, but you feel like you have to make an appearance because, you know, you're a bad person if you don't. Um, there's, the ho- there's the office party or the work Christmas party um, that if it's not done during office hours, you, kinda, you have to go to that too. Then there's uh, maybe a party you have at your house, you know, to celebrate that. And so these things get, you know, then we visit, we, during that week we visit relatives, you know, uh, those of us with smaller children know what it is to pack up the kids and, you know, give them a tour of Western New York for a couple days, and uh, we know all about that, and um, some, I don't know yet, I'll, I'll learn soon, and uh, we 
We get caught up in all the things that we do because of what's happening. Today, I want to talk a little bit about a wedding. And this may seem a little weird, so just work with me, all right? I just want to talk a little bit about a wedding. I want to start in... Genesis, I I wasn't going to go to Genesis, I was going to go somewhere else, but we'll start with Genesis 2.24. Yes. As you know, if you've listened to me speak enough times, at some point I will go to Genesis. Just seems to be the thing I do. This is one of the things you can guarantee I will visit at some point. Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Of course, this context, you have the man and the woman, and God had brought the woman to the man, and the man had exclaimed and yelled and sang out some poetry to her. It's actually really romantic. And, uh, when, we, when we celebrate wedding ceremonies, we're kind of ina- reenacting this whole thing. You know, the, the father who walks the bride down the aisle is the, re- is the representation of God walking the bride down the aisle to her husband, so on. Take, keep your mind on Genesis 2.24, and I want you to jump ahead with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to a wedding. Oftentimes, we, when we think of Christmas, we don't think of wedding, Right? Different festivities, right? Open bar, not open bar. Dancing, not dancing. Usually good food, sometimes not so good food that we pretend is good so we don't offend anybody, (laughs) right? Ceremony, sometimes just right, sometimes too short, sometimes I feel like I'm going to die of old age, (laughs) right? Right. We don't think of Christmas when we think of wedding, we have different mindset, right? But when we celebrate a wedding, what are we celebrating? That the two become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one. Ephesians 5. The verse that we always beat up people about, about being nice to your spouses. We're going to jump actually down to verse 31. And Paul is quoting, you can guess, Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Every year, we're not just celebrating a special time of year, but we're actually celebrating a wedding. I want to go to Hosea chapter 2. I should have warned you ahead of time. We are going to bounce around. Those of you who might have trouble finding Hosea, it is after Jeremiah.
It's usually hanging out with Daniel and, and Joel. Go ahead, put it up on screen. It's better. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my Baal, which is my master. For I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall be remembered by name no more. And I will make for them a covenant on that day with the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and the creeping things of the ground. And I will abolish the bow, the sword, and war from the land, and I will, let, and I will make you lie down in safety. And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. The promise of a wedding. This kind of language is all through God's promises to his people. And I want to go to one more place. Mark chapter 2. See, lots of folks... We, a lot of times we want to treat the Gospels sort of like a backstory, like a superhero origin story. And then like the last, the passion narrative, right? That part where Jesus enters Jerusalem, that's like separate. We often don't link Jesus dying for our sins together with Christmas time or with his life in general. A lot of times we treat them like they're separate things. We see here though that Jesus and the Gospels really don't see them as separate things. Mark chapter 2, 18 to 22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees who were fasting, and people came to him, and they said to him, why do, you, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are new skins. But the new wine is for fresh wineskins. What are we talking about? This is Christmas time. Right? We're supposed to be talking about the snow outside. I deliberately avoided a weather report. <laughs> We're talking about a wedding. We celebrate Christmas because we celebrate the union of heaven and earth when God joined us. Not just to be an example of what humanity is, but although we got that. Not just to do miracles to prove he was God, although we got that. But to join 
himself with us. It was a wedding. Jesus saw it as a wedding. He called himself the bridegroom. It's always interesting when I hear people talk about, well, you know, the Gospels, they don't, they don't really say Jesus thinks he's God or he thinks he's a representative of God. Jesus thinks he does. The bridegroom language, the wedding language, all through the Old Testament, all of it, right? We've been here before. We've talked about this before. Christmas, we celebrate a wedding, the union of heaven and earth. Our problem has always been that because we weren't unified with God, because we were separated from God, we were off doing our own thing, that we were off trying to make up our own way of living. We were off trying to make up our own purpose, to make up all these things that are supposed to be ours. But the problem is, of course, we are worshiping creatures who are made to be a certain kind of thing. And so it's kind of like if you build a car but want it to behave like a bicycle. Or if you have a dog and expect it to behave like a tiger. Ridiculous, right? How many of you know dogs and cats are not the same, right? I saw this hilarious video on Facebook where I spend far too much of my time. And, but it was really funny. It was just this woman lying on a couch and there was a cat on her back and he like, Looked like he wanted to murder her. He really did. Like, he had this look, like this look that you get when you see an animal about to try and kill something. And then he just relents, flexes his paw, and cuddles down on her and goes to sleep. And I thought, that's not a dog. You don't expect a dog to do that. You, you don't ever, like, when you look at a dog, when they interact with people most of the time, you know, they think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread all the time, no matter what you do. The cat always looks like he wants to murder you, but then tolerates your presence and comes around sometimes and wants to be petted. Right? That's a cat. You wouldn't expect a cat to behave like a dog or the reverse, right? So when we carved ourselves away from our God, right, we've decided to make ourselves off to be something else, what we've done is taken who we're supposed to be and now we're going to behave like something else. We're not supposed to be gods. We're supposed to be humans. But when we pulled ourselves away from our creator, and tr we inherently be become our own gods, and we're not good gods. <laughs> we are not good gods. This is the problem we had. We were in need of reconciliation. We were in need of a wedding. God knew it. That's why he promised us a wedding. All through Jewish history, he promised us a wedding. A wedding to himself. This is remarkable stuff. You see, if God is the greatest thing in the universe, right? And by definition, God would have to be. Yes, otherwise he isn't God. So God is the greatest thing in the universe. Then what gift can he give you that is better than himself?
God promises a wedding to himself to us. This is why Christmas is so special. This is why it is beautiful and wonderful. Because we celebrate a wedding to our Creator. The reconciliation of what was once lost. In a wedding, right, when people get married, all their stuff merges, right? So if you, if you brought debt with you to your wedding, your spouse gets that. Whatever virtue you bring with you to your wedding, whatever good stuff, your spouse gets that. Whatever money you bring, your spouse gets that. I'm sure you guys can see the effect that married couples have on each other. That men are better men because of their wives and women are better women because of their husbands. And they carry their debt together and they carry their good things together. Well, in this marriage to our Creator, God took all our debt, right? Just like you do in a marriage. He took all our debt, He took all our issues, He took all our problems onto Himself. And He gave us all of His perfection, all of His goodness, all of His virtue, all of His grace. That is beautiful. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I need a second. We need that. We have always needed it. There are deep parts of who I am that would never have been explored without my wife. Good and bad. Being married to our Creator draws all that is beautiful that God created us to be out of us and draws all that is ugly and destroys it. It is beautiful. God with us means that life's deepest meaning is found in union with our Creator. It means that we don't need to find meaning in those other things. They don't get to define who we are. Not as a group or as individuals. That is the beauty of God with us. It is power. It is truth. It is love. So 
So what do we do now? We celebrate this beautiful moment where God reached out and bound himself to us in a way that can never be changed. Our future is his, and his future is ours. Now what? Now we change. As we draw closer and closer to that beautiful, wonderful creator, who we were dies because all the debt, all the terrible things that we hate about ourselves collectively and individually can now be obliterated. Why? Because we're married to God. We're married to the creator. Our identity now can be, yes, I am a child of God. Our identity now can be, yeah, I was made for these 10 things to glorify God this way. I was not made to wallow in these horrible things that have destroyed me. And look, I've done some bad stuff and some of that stuff is going to affect my future. I totally get that. Right? Because when you make decisions in life, they have consequences and they kind of follow you sometimes. But I will not be defined by those mistakes by that sin, right? I don't have to be anymore. Before Jesus came, this is what we were. We were just twisted up things that were trying to find God, right? That's where all these religions have gone, right? Or try to find the path to enlightenment or try to find the path to truth. But we were lost. Why? Because God had to come looking for us. And when he did, we celebrate. I want you to walk away today thinking about a wedding. That our creator God bound himself to us. The two became one in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I want you to walk away today thinking that your truest identity is not found in all the other things that make up parts of who you are. Like, right? Like, I like science fiction. Okay? I like to read stuff. I like watching the Bills. I like watching football in general. It's like watching th battle chess, but where people get smacked around. It's fun for me. Okay? <laughs> I like watching football. I like playing tennis. If there are any of you that play tennis, I am looking for people to play tennis with. So come find me. I like hanging out with my daughter. I like hanging out with my wife. All those things make up part of who I am, but they are not all of who I am. To answer that, we must first answer, who is our God and why has he made us? And then we can answer the others. Because God came to us and became one with us, and gave himself to us, we can also give ourselves to other people. And when we do that, we not only give ourselves, because if we are married to God, right? If we, are, if we are together with God and we have given ourselves to him, we not only give ourselves, 
we also give God to those people. We give our Lord Jesus Christ to those people. We give the grace of the Holy Spirit. It's just like whenever Emily and I do things, it's a we thing, even if Emily's doing it herself, because part of me is still there with her. When we carry ourselves, when we give ourselves over to God, we then carry him with us wherever we go because of the wedding day. And there will come a time when the final consummation will happen. Our Lord will return and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And we will celebrate with him forever. But until that moment, let's not lose sight that yes, that moment is coming. And a beautiful moment has already happened. And we carry the torch in between those two moments in time, walking with our Creator from glory to glory to glory. It is a beautiful story. It really is. I'm going to cry again. I want to leave you just with those thoughts. The thoughts of the wedding day. The union with your God. The joy. Knowing that your creator, your God, took all your debt on himself because that's what you do when you get married. And he gave you all of the virtue and wonderful blessings that it is to be him. And so now, we can carry that with us everywhere, especially to all those places where we're going to relatives that we've been seen in forever. Right? <coughs> Holiday season. We're going go, to see people in the next few weeks we haven't seen in a year. Maybe longer. We're going to have people in our house who maybe haven't seen our house before. Now, instead of them just, instead of you just walking into these places, instead you carry heaven with you because you are an intersection of heaven and earth. And you are that because your God has bound himself to you in the person and work of Jesus Christ forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much that you were not content to leave us to our own devices, but that you became us, joined with us to change what it means to be human, to change how we see what it is to be God. Lord, we pray that you would change us from the inside out, that you would continue to work on us through this marriage that we have to you now. And God, that you would teach us to trust you more and more, to give more of ourselves to you and to give more of ourselves to other people. And Lord, we pray for this Christmas season that it would hold special significance because we are celebrating a wedding. And what a glorious Thing that is 
thank you so much for your glory and your love. In your name, amen.